This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Greetings, weary travelers. Come, warm yourself by the fire and let us regale you with mighty tales, tales of adventure, tales of heroism, and of course, tales of Tamriel. I am your host, Lotus of Doom, here with uh, some different castmates but actually possibly uh well one returning favorite as this is kind of our new yearly tradition i guess since joining with the uh the uesp and a uh, first time but i i would think some of you will remember him from the previous rendition of the uesp podcast so starting things off we've got dave the founder of uesp how are you buddy welcome back it's glad to be here I was going to say, I'm glad to have you. This was, uh, people really enjoyed our kind of like year in review we did after joining with you guys. So it seemed kind of a natural fit to want to do that again for everybody. Um, just, just as a sort of behind the scenes bit, uh, especially with, you know, all the charity stuff we've got on the horizon that we'll get into a little later as well. And then, um, first time on the show, but again, not not necessarily first time on the UESP podcast, AKB, I, I always joke that you're like one of the ultimate masterminds behind the scenes, but you're so not like public facing as much as the rest of us who are constantly belligerently on every stream and stuff like that. How are you? Welcome. Hey, uh, that's not the worst description of what <laughs> I do. I... <laughs> It's complicated to explain everything I've done over the years, but yeah, that's... <laughs> I I don't want to think of myself as a mastermind so much as <laughs> someone who has worked my way through a few things that shouldn't have been problems in the first place. <laughs> well, that sounds like my entire streaming career, so I, I can relate. Um... All right. Well, we will kick things right off um, just because we've got a decent amount to kind of cover between news, uh, be it in-game Elder Scrolls news or uh, behind the scenes stuff or just stories from all of us. So I figure news wise, um, just a quick reference to ESO because there has been an event going on, the Gates of Oblivion event. It actually just ended. It was going on for uh, a decent chunk of time, but ironically started right after we recorded and ended literally right before we <laughs> recorded. So uh, in this interlude between the shows, there was the Gates of Oblivion event. The reason I think it's kind of still worth noting, other than it was the first time we ever had that event specifically, it was just do a daily and 
any of the uh, Blackwood expansion areas. Um, the thing that was interesting was actually as a side effect of something that happened when the event was supposed to end and it was extended as a result. Um, there was a maintenance that happened during the event, which is semi-common, but it ended up being incredibly extended. So much so that they had a forum post and some Twitter responses um, that they extended the event by a day, which is good. Like, that's that's nice. Um, but also, as a result of the um, maintenance being much longer than planned, you can actually send in a uh, support ticket if you are going to miss the house guest for the month login reward. So apparently this has got some, like, long-reaching issues. I, I, this seemed very unexpected. Um, I don't know. Do, do either of you know anything more than just the general what they've talked about um, um, with it? I, I saw some speculation and stuff, and then it was some type of, like, mainframe thing that they were doing. But beyond that, I don't really know. Uh, I can't speak that I know the nitty gritty behind what happened with the servers, but I can tell you I was actually in the group who missed out on uh, the the house guests because of that. So that's good news for me. Oh, really? Yeah, I was uh, one day short and I went like, oh, I was logged in. Uh, I went like, I knew I was going to make it as long as I logged in. Uh, during one of the times I went down for maintenance and they said it would not be back up until after the time window expired. So I'm like, well, I guess I missed out on another one. Yep. So, okay. So you happen to be in that window, I guess, which is, I, <laughs> there you go. I, I actually don't, I was kind of not expecting that to be quite so relevant, but yeah, I, I don't know. They. I'm curious what, the mainframe situation other than what they told us might relate to specifically because, um, you know, we're not exactly at the speculation area of the year, but since I got pretty much almost every single thing I asked for, uh, this previous year in elder Scrolls online, uh, the only thing remaining is some type of cross save or cross play, which has basically been said that that just doesn't work. And every time I hear mainframe something, I was like, aha, they're going to give me the last thing I wanted. <laughs> it's going to be next year for the 10th anniversary. But, uh, yeah. I, we can hope. Yeah, I, I don't know anything. No, like nothing that. more either. Yeah, again, they, get, they, they had mentioned. So, you know, whatever it was, as, as you guys know, technical things are very difficult. So... The slightest thing can cause all sorts of issues. Yep, it could just be stuff they did took longer, or they broke something, or exactly. Um, they did also announce or put up on Twitter and on um, ElderScrollsOnline.com the new Crown Store stuff, um, which we don't necessarily. I again, it's there. You can look it up. We don't really read through the whole thing. Um, more login rewards and stuff like that for the upcoming month because uh, New Life will be the next event that is coming. We've got a little bit of time, of course, as as it's not quite December yet, but that is on the horizon and they've kind of been advertising the new stuff. So if that's something of interest to you, definitely go check that out on the official website or on their Twitter or anything like that. Um, but mainly the big thing of news, I would like to actually kind of dive in uh, both 
Dave and AKB, you can kind of chime in because you guys work together so much on everything at UESB. Um, how has the year been? Like, what's uh, we got any new stuff on the horizon? There was also like, you know, there's been some big events that happened this year, even not necessarily Elder Scrolls related, but Starfield related, which ended up being, a you know, quite the project off to the side. Um, so, yeah, why don't you just let everybody know how things have been going this year? Anything of note and stuff like that um, throughout 2023 so far? Yeah, I guess I, in terms of ES stuff, it's been pretty uh, quiet, you know, the usual ESO stuff, nothing too big, but that, yeah, the biggest one was us um, expanding into the Starfield universe, starting a Starfield wiki and website, sort of taking the same uh, formula we'd done with USP and just, you know, applying it to Starfield, a, a new game. Um, so that, you know, that took a bunch of, uh, you know, back-end work and, and front-end work and all that to get to get the wiki up and running, but uh, we're happy. Uh, it seems to be going well. Um, the, hasn't quite reached the uh like the traffic level that the USP uh, has but we're hoping it will uh kind of steadily increase over the next couple of years and see where it ends up yeah it's been a giant giant undertaking literally uh there there were literally sleepless nights trying to think of not just ways to get this content up but in the absolute fastest and most efficient way possible because when you're starting a new wiki, you, especially nowadays, you naturally have all those wiki farms to compete with. So Fandom, Fexter Life, they had wikis set up at the same time. Uh, and basically the strategy, I, and we don't know exactly how much dividends will pay off yet, but... I was hoping that by us getting the core structure done first, it would help cement us as being more serious about it than naturally the people running fandom or Fexture Life would be about any single game. That actually seems like kind of a solid, again, you said, you, you know, you, only time will tell whether that pays in dividends, but I would think at least that that kind of, is a sound strategy to go with because again, UASP kind of was for, for basically there first and became cemented in, in elder scrolls itself. I mean, honestly, outside elder scrolls, it's gotta be like pretty close to the most other common thing that people know other than people, you know, sometimes people know the word Skyrim more than they know elder scrolls, <laughs> but uh, those are kind of like, hand in hand so trying to get that jump now but the internet's so much more prevalent with everybody um like you said there's so much more competition with everything being set up with your wiki farms and stuff like that it's it's not the same landscape as when the uesp started so you know i would imagine the initial kickoff structure has got to be a little different now yeah, yeah sure. uh, that's exactly true. And I actually remember the first time I took a serious like break after Starfield came out, uh, we were talking about one project or the other we were working on. And Dave said, uh, I'm not that worried about uh, where we are right now because the fandom wiki has about 200 pages right now and we've crossed 6,000. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's a bit of a discrepancy. <laughs> yeah, I haven't checked recently, but um, yeah, I mean, we were sorry. I, I, we started like pulling data out of the uh, the the mod file, ESM file. Uh, basically, as soon as we got it, you know, the in the you know the early access week, right? Mm-hmm. I started pulling data out and deciphering it as much as we could, and get get that data out of the out of the file into the wiki in in some way. So. Uh, you know, sort of get the bootstrap the 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 basic content. Yep, uh, as quickly as possible. Yeah, it's it's weird because now it is kind of. I mean, it's so much more. It. I, I mean, I certainly wasn't around with any of this stuff, paying that much attention at the kind of the formation of like Elder Scrolls and honestly wikis in general. <laughs> um, but I, the competition level of just like creating these things is so much higher now. But kind of to your point, having a focus and and being dedicated to that also can kind of be beneficial because your your attention isn't scattered like a shotgun blast everywhere. It's like, okay, we need wikis for literally everything. It's like, okay, well, if you have just a couple you focus on, you can definitely pay much more attention to just that. So I, I can kind of see that having benefits, even though you might not hit every SEO, you're going to be the more prevalent one for the ones that you do hit. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure it's come up before on either the last podcast or something, but it's obviously impossible to kill fandoms SEO in comparison to us, the way they're structured. It's just an impossibly bigger site mm-hmm. and Google and all those other search engines look at that and go like, well, we're going to use the bigger site versus the single topic. Sure. But even like little differences in time matter a lot, especially with game launches. Like this was uh, going back to 2011 in the Skyrim launch. I remember uh, the UESB had some connectivity uh, issues. I Dave can probably talk about that much better than I can, but it was just a nightmare, and we couldn't get in. And a good number of the people who were desperately looking for Skyrim information couldn't get in, so we couldn't be updating it, and they couldn't be viewing it. So it was a double-edged sword, and I think that did help establish uh the elder scrolls fandom wiki a bit more than it would have otherwise interesting so you know there's some but like that's the stuff that like people commented before it's like it's very interesting these behind the scene things that it's just like sometimes something that seems so just like trivial could have these long-standing effects that it's like oh yeah you know i'm so and so came about as a result of this kind of thing it's like oh interesting that that's sometimes how things kick off get started become teamed up or whatever you know what i mean like what whatever the case sometimes it's interesting just to hear the formations of some of these things mm-hmm. yeah I, I remember those those days this car we had such a uh such a huge uh traffic burst when when skyrim came out so they order order by like 10 or 20 times in, in the course of a day, just went sh- shot up, and training um, off our servers were fine. It was the firewall. It was it was uh, it was capping the uh, the connection limit of the firewall. Oh, interesting. And, I mean, I didn't know even the even the the tech guys at the uh, at the uh, 
where we do the, the have the servers. Yep. It took them. It took them basically a week to figure out what was going on. Oh my god! And that we just upgraded the upgraded the firewall, and that solved that issue. But yeah, the, for the first week, it was like intermittent connection because we had it had so many. Yeah, it was just like right. overwhelmed. Well, it which is a good problem. You want sure <laughs> people accessing it, but um, yeah. So I mean, when uh, I we were hoping there would be a big jump when Starfield came out, but it wasn't that big of a big of a jump. That's so kind of interesting to hear. Well, I, I guess you know we've discussed different related things because kind of like the whole weird Bethesda family of games type of deal. Um, but like it's kind of interesting that. There was a very big spike just of interest with Starfield, and then it kind of it dropped off a lot from what I've seen just from my friends who, you know, make make videos for a living and stuff like that. They're like, yeah, it spiked up a lot and then it dropped off a lot, but it's like maintaining where it is and like where it is is still sh like very high in, in player numbers, but it it definitely didn't seem to have the impact that I think the pedigree, I guess, at this point of Bethesda would be expected, um, where, you know, super popular in and of itself. But it also, this was a rough year to launch a game, especially after I, I haven't played it. It's not really my cup of tea style wise, but like they... Uh, what is it? Larian's Baldur's Gate three just had come out, and it's like, okay, that's gonna be it. Setting is different, but gameplay, it's like, okay, well, you've got like an RPG style style of thing. Now, granted, different types of RPGs, but like you've got overlap there. We had Diablo four this year. Again, it's an action RPG loot game, but it's like you've got so many bangers. For Final Fantasy was out this year. Like this was a had this come out last year, like maybe when it was supposed to launch type of thing, say it hit its original launch date, I feel the impact of it might have been very different. If it was also in the state it was in. I feel like it was obviously delayed for a reason. Yeah, um, I mean, a year you can put a lot of polish on the game. In sure. And from what I've played, I you know, I actually haven't really run into that many issues with it. Um <laughs> And they've actually, ironically, ad addressed the one huge issue I had with the lack of a field of view slider. I couldn't figure out why I was getting a headache playing the game, and uh, I figured out that was what it was, and they've corrected that. So I'm a big fan of that. But um, yeah, I, I think people expected, which is kind of an unrealistic expectation, I think, how do you follow up a game like Skyrim? Like, even Fallout 4, as popular as it was wasn't like the cultural phenomenon that Skyrim was. So like going forward, like, okay, the next thing is Elder Scrolls six as popular as it is. Can it ever be, you know what I mean? Some of these things are time and place as much as yeah. being a masterpiece. <laughs> well, I look, I've thought about this quite a bit personally. Yeah. I think there's, Beyond the fact that it's a stacked year, uh, I think that was definitely something that's harmed Starfield more than they probably were anticipating. Mm -hmm. But I think that's probably because of the uh, pandemic, For all the sure. lockdowns and delays. Yep. You look at it like you look at the last few game awards. They were nowhere near as competitive as this year is. Right. But the other main factor, of course, is that Starfield is a new franchise. That's also true. Yep. 
there is no name recognition to to fall back on like fallout mm-hmm. or anything like that um which is i think a really valid point this is the f- having that much impact i guess to to kind of second that that would be like arena coming out and being like oh yeah it sold 10 million copies in like a week it's like okay look what arena became because we're just still talking about skyrim all these years later and it's the fifth mainline entry not even entry just fifth numbered mainline entry in the series it's like these th- people oftentimes don't think of how much just a brand grows over time even if they're not all bangers they can become like okay this you know this has become where it's reached its apex which you know who knows elder scrolls 6 might be even more ridiculously popular we don't know yet but um provided we all live that long because you know who knows when it's coming out (laughs) but yeah it's just like having that name recognition definitely can make a huge huge impact on things but now of course we have it leading into the elder scrolls 6 and i definitely think the mood is a bit muddier than it was before starfield came out and even before when fallout 76 came out yeah that was something else i was going to say is they've had now granted studios are a little again benefits of name recognition when you just call everything bethesda okay that's fine but it's like okay well these are different studios and then this is bethesda publishing this is bethesda game studios you know you get all this stuff um 76 uh, as much as i enjoyed 76 anybody who tells you it didn't have problems is not being truthful whatsoever and a lot of like i really enjoyed not that we're going to go into another starfield thing but it's like there's a lot of stuff i enjoy in starfield and there's a lot of things that feel weird uh, in the series that either feel kind of a little too resting on their laurels of like hey it worked before we'll just modify it a little bit like and i think people were looking for because the the big thing is a lot of Bethesda's stuff comes from, okay, yeah, their games tend to be a little janky, but because look at all the stuff they're doing. Like, this is like leaps and like, for the time, it was like Skyrim looked gorgeous. Um, I mean, granted, the scenery actually still looks kind of gorgeous, but even just vanilla was, well, yeah, the game looks pretty. It's absolutely mind-bogglingly huge. Look at all these options you have. You can do all these things, and the voice acting is so good, and blah, 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 and there's, like, all these things. And I feel that when you're very, very ambitious, people will overlook more of your flaws because you're trying something totally different. Starfield, as good as it is in a lot of aspects, feels safer than I expected. Um, which I was a little surprised by. Um, not bad, just safer than expected. So it was kind of like, well, yeah, it's it's much more, well, at least in my experience, and for the most part, it's much more polished than a lot of the other Bethesda games have come out at. But did that polish come as almost like a side effect of, well, yeah, it's less ambitious. I mean, it's big, but it's like big and procedural. That didn't land, I think, the way they intended. Yeah, I think, you know, thinking about it, it I think that the formula they, they used for Skyrim, they tried to apply it to the Starfield. It didn't quite work. doesn't quite work in like a space. 
yeah. space tech game. And um you know, like the the you know, the loading screens in Skyrim is fine, you know, loading screen when you enter a building. Sure. I don't know. In when you in the space sim when you're you know just loading between space or I don't I mean I don't know, I did it doesn't work, right? Yeah, I no, it, it feels very disjointed. Game. Yeah. And um you know, like the the exploration aspect of Skyrim is great. You know, you're you you, you know the 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 meme of you're trying to just do a quest and you get, you go on a hundred, spend a hundred hours of doing side quests and exploring yeah. stuff, which is great. And it, it, I think they tried to do that in Starfield as well with like the procedural uh, like um, a point of interest generation. But it just didn't. It just doesn't work. Or I don't know. So, something's not there. Yeah. It, it it's not that exploring never feels rewarding but mm -hmm. i feel like um the balance that i hope to see more with elder scrolls 6 is where when you f feel more rewarded than not for things you want to keep exploring it was a little too far in the other direction for me when i was playing starfield i mean i, I guess i'm still playing starfield so i, I guess that's not past tense necessarily um but like a lot. Of, I stopped kind of just exploring random planets because I'm like, okay, it's going to be anomaly, 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 and like base if there's nothing there, and I can scan some plants. Whereas in, you know, uh, Elder Scrolls specific, we'll go with Skyrim specifically. It, it was just like I felt like there was okay. There's got to be something here, and even that if that something's not fantastic, you find these little stories in and amongst all of the situations that are around whereas when it's procedural you don't get as many of those like i feel like some of the the elemental storytelling didn't really appear as much in my experience some of the events i think are great when you're like flying around like when you're going to new planets or whatever some of those encounters are hilarious but they're it's a little harder to get to these things because almost the game is so big. It reminded me, and I think I might have said that uh, on the episode where we did the analysis of like the, you know, what do we want to see or not see as a result. But like one of the things that I, I compared it to, and I'll do it again, is it feels like exploring the wilderness in Daggerfall. Like the Elder Scrolls Two Daggerfall. No, you fast travel around. You you can goof around for a while, but like you're not going to walk from Sentinel to the Dragon Tail Mountains. You're just not going to do that because one, it's going to take you a month, like in your actual life, and two, it's probably not going to be super rewarding. So you end up kind of fast traveling around. It's cool that it's there, but it's just being created in front of you as you go the desire to walk there kind of lessened for me. And I definitely got that effect when Starfield became so huge. And I feel like they might've reached that, that weird event horizon where it's like, can it be too big? Like, I know it's a box selling point, bigger is better and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, there's gotta be a point where you can control it so that you can still have a grasp of it. It's because once it gets so big, you don't know what's going on you don't you kind of lose your bearings so i'm i'm hoping that they just i don't want elder scroll 6 to be shrunk down to super small but like if they reined it in a little bit and it's all on one planet so that's going to help well, i assume it's all on one planet that will also probably help because you get that continuity 
Now, I have to put out a correction for you. Someone has, in fact, walked that's true. Sentinel and Dragon Tail Mountains, and that person is me. I've done that. <laughs> All right. The only well, now, though, because I used uh, hacks to increase my speed to the point where I just flew across the entire region. So, so actually, kind of funny on that point, because that's actually a great point, because it's kind of like what I always thought about when we were playing Morrowind back when I was first getting into the series, and it was just like you just start breaking the magic system with like spellcrafting. And I'm like, Oh my God, I can just walk across the whole continent. And it's just like one loading screen. And then I'm dead because I hit a wall so hard. I died. And I'm like, Oh, whoops. Um, it's funny because like, I, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it's neat to say it's possible, but like when it's, does it add to the experience, especially past that first time? And it's like, I love being able to just roam around there, but it's like, when you think about it, Skyrim is much smaller than some of the other games. But a lot of people, why well, I guess they also have the, the most played bias, but like a lot of people, it's just like, oh yeah, I just played that game forever and I never got through all that stuff. And it's just like, there's gotta be like, there's that sweet spot, which I cannot even fathom trying to figure out exactly where the sweet spot is. It's like, well, okay, is there so much stuff people will literally never get bored or is there so much stuff that people are overwhelmed? Well, I want to go back to one of your uh, comments that yeah, yeah. I thought was interesting, which was talking about the ambition of it and how it felt safe. Mm -hmm. And I think that Starfield actually is an ambitious game, but not in the forward presenting stuff. It's the stuff behind the scenes where they went all out. Like they figured out, um, Factor uh, to the power of 32 ways to generate a rock. Like, yes. That's neat to keep the environment all unique and stuff, but is that a goal that is interesting to the average person? Sure. Actually, that's a really good kind of like asterisk to what I said, I think. that That's actually a really good point where it's like, um, it, it kind of makes me think of, um, I forget the name of the book that, john carmack had about doom masters of doom maybe i i i don't if that's the wrong name of the book then i don't know i don't know how to correct it because i think that's the name of the book but whatever um they kind of like one of the big problems with id back in the day was like there was kind of like the fundamental shift in like john carmack was much more interested in an engine that was super impressive whereas like romero was much more like no we're gonna make this really creepy like setting thing and it's gonna have all these like story beats and stuff like that and it kind of worked because they squished together and they got this really good medium of the two but the problem was that's two very different ideas to doing something when one of them's like no we want to i want to have the most technically impressive game or i want to have the most artistically designed nightmare world it's like okay you can't have both those extremes and i feel like the medium's usually good but to your point it's like are people going to notice that there's you know x to the 30 second power different types of rocks no most people are going to be like hey, it is a rock and like run over it if they even look down so technically that's awesome that it's able to do that and that might lead to cool things but the initial i, I guess the initial impact of it really is much more of a like tech nerdy side of things which exactly right it's I I've described it as chasing that procedural generation dragon at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's 
That is a very yeah. That is, that's a. I'm I'm glad you brought that up. That's like an interesting asterisk because yeah, like that's that's just it. I, I I feel like that's a good way of putting it. It's like a lot of the uh, the behind the scenes stuff seems very impressive, and a lot of the stuff that we're interacting with feels safe. And it's just like I'll be curious to see going forward, like. Now that that's all there, because also there was massive overhauls to the engine, which will definitely be a benefit because some people said, you know, oh, it still looks a little weird or whatever. I actually think Starfield is gorgeous. Um, like the, the especially the people <laughs> look, I think, one step before Uncanny Valley sometimes like it's like I think they're really cool. Some people still don't like the fact that you like zoom in on each other when, like when you're talking. I don't know. I like that just because I. When people don't do that, like, I, I'm distracted looking at other stuff. I was like, no, I when I talk to somebody, I try to look at them. Like, I don't know. I don't know. That seems normal to me. But I guess that so, like, stuff like that doesn't bother me. Maybe, you know, with the way they kind of reiterate or reiterate, iterate on each other um, each game where it's like, you know, Homestead, the expansion to Skyrim was like, OK, here's some hooks you have one of three things you can place on these things, you can build yourself a house. Okay, that's neat. Like, that was that was fun for a little while. And then you had, like, the base building in Fallout 4. And it was like, okay, these settlements are much more impressive. And then, I'm not going to go into ES- ESO. has got its own thing, but it's a different engine, so that kind of doesn't work. But then you have, like, Starfield. You can... Granted, it's not super intuitive, in my opinion, but that shipbuilder is wild. And there's a settlement builder thing, which most people, the problem is, are like, I'm so rich, I don't need all these benefits from these settlements. But the settlement thing is crazy, too. It's like, each one has been so much more impressive than the previous one. I'll be curious to see, like, okay, what were we shown in Starfield that we don't realize is going to be the next like gameplay hook for the Elder Scrolls Six? Like we we might be staring at it and be like, oh yeah, that's kind of neat. And then in the next game, it's like, oh my god, this is amazing. <laughs> like, yeah, it was it. I mean, one of the reasons we got into Starfield was as sort of as a preview to what they might be doing in ES Six. Uh, I mean, obviously a different different genre and different game, but the same engine and you know, the same, same file formats and everything. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, interested in getting, uh, you know, pick apart the file format, see what you can find inside. Maybe it's there, but not used or, you know, like you say, stuff that's in Starfield that might translate, be able to translate to ES6 game. Yeah. My thoughts for what the Elder Scrolls six needs to do to differentiate itself is one, the return to at least the Skyrim Fallout 4 format for the world where most of it is predefined. You aren't going to be swimming, uh, you aren't going to be taking a boat and finding randomly generated islands for however long they want you to do that. Right, suddenly the Iliac Bay is totally randomized. (laughs) But uh, that would fix it. I think we're probably going to get that settlement system again, which I think will have more of an impact in a world where it's not just an effectively infinite amount of space where you can build it. It'll mean a lot more of 
Well, this is my little uh, fort that I built next to this major city, and that's much more neat to me than I think, well, this is my outpost on uh, planet 32 of this star, <laughs> and no one lives out here. Yeah, I... I think I think you're definitely correct. That that the world of well, even outside Tamriel because we don't technically know what's coming up. I assume it's going to be on Tamriel, but like okay, all of Nern, whatever. It's so much more cohesively connected than planet hopping. That's just like those are two different beasts. And and to be fair, to Starfield's defense, really. V- I, no game seems like it's fully nailed that whole space travel thing. No Man's Sky is really popular, and I enjoyed that game a lot. But it's just like, um, you know, it definitely struggled at, at launch as well, and it's improved. And then you've got uh, Star Citizen or whatever it is. It's like, that's another. But it's like, then that kind of leads into people are either like, it's too simmy because flying place takes forever and stuff like that. And again, it kind of comes back to this. How much is too much and how much is the right amount? But then, you know, it it can be tricky. Well, what if you want something super simulation-based and you want it to take forever? Okay, well, you just made those people happy at the same time pissing off the people who don't want that. Like, you can't kind of make everybody happy at the same time, which is why balancing games sounds like a nightmare. Um, so, like... It's interesting. I feel like the the trick is to really can you find that sweet spot? Um, and I I don't I don't know. I I definitely agree with you on the like the curated stuff. I don't mind a little procedural stuff. Like oh, I don't care. The trees are wherever. Or like this cave could be here or this cave could be over here. Whatever. Like Diablo does. Well, not Diablo four, but some of the other Diablos. They were like procedural wildernesses. The things were gonna be there. But where they were exactly could be muddled around a bit. Okay, that was kind of neat because it gave a different flair each time. Different type of game, but different flair each time. But the curated environments, although they just need to be smaller or the game would never, ever finish because it would take so long. The curated environments, they feel better to me than just what people care about yeah it's it exactly it's just kind of like it has a stronger pull to the feeling and you know remembering i know that kind of that that pie in the sky thing that you had alluded to by chasing the procedural generation dragon is like you want everybody to just be like have that water cooler moment where everybody's talking about these wildly different things all in the same game that they experience and that's really cool but that's generally not something you're going to get because most people will be like oh yeah my planet was blue my planet was red my planet was gaseous like okay that's less impressive than it sounded on paper <laughs> yeah and you go back to skyrim oh yeah i ran into a talking dog <laughs> right. i i saw a dragon in a giant fighting at this camp uh stuff like that that's sticks with you much stronger than like you said this planet was blue yeah right i think uh in terms of procedural generation i think this the best use or strongest use of it is like world generation mm-hmm. so you, know, you you start so you're starting creating skyrim you really want to place ten thousand trees and a hundred thousand rocks you, you do that procedural generation initially 
and then you have a world and you can tweak it tweak it as you as you want so you know this tree what well, this these trees are going to delete these trees to put a house this these rocks are you know I'll tweak these a, a little bit more sort of thing so you're not spending you know half a year placing trees sort of thing right yeah that in, that initial or, groundwork can be done by procedural generation or, for uh, sure the, um, the tra like trash items or junk items or decoration items mm -hmm. i think yeah stuff like that uh you know do a initial pass procedurally to place those things and then you know spend a little time tweaking or, or a little bit so at least that, that's that's what I see, especially for a game like ES6, where it's probably not going to be like procedural to that extent that Starfield is. At least I hope not. But yeah, like it's like uh, you said much earlier, how you don't know what's going to be the killer feature from Starfield. Like some of that procedural generation stuff will build into um, the Elder Scrolls Six, but not in the most obvious ways. It'll just be a set seed, and they got those rocks looking really good now. <laughs> right. That's just it. It's like, you know, I'm kind of hoping that Starfield was a lot of the heavy lifting groundwork for what we'll see with um, the Elder Scrolls Six, just because, like, uh, prior, prior to Starfield coming out, it, it was like the engine was probably the biggest concern everybody had they're like okay this thing is a relic like what you guys can't keep using the engine like fallout 76 got dunked on so much for the for the engine issues and uh, uh, some of the solutions to that stuff was like when when id helped out and they they from my understanding this is the most crude version of programming imaginable but essentially one of the interviews i saw i forget who i, I might have been Marty Stratton. I I don't know. Not intending to misquote anybody, but it was like more or less they bolted on the gunplay from IdTech's engine because the Fallout gunplay was so bad by comparison, and it was night and day after that patch. Like when I I remember like when I went in. And it was either with Wastelanders or shortly after Wastelanders expansion. And I was like, oh my God, this gunplay is so much better. Like, and I didn't even necessarily hate it, but I was like, oh wow, this got a lot more smooth. So it's like, sometimes you can see that, that lagging factor of the engine. Okay, well maybe we need to take that out because we've talked about it before. Engines aren't just this thing where it's like, yeah, I have this engine and it's just done. You don't do anything to it. They're built of other components. It's It's not just like, this is my engine. This is all it ever does. And it can't be altered. It's just like, well, no, they, there's, they're made of each other. And like, they require changes over time. And, and it seemed like, you know, a lot of the core features of Bethesda's engine were pretty heavily scrutinized prior to Starfield coming out. And I at least think that for the most part, that's been to a degree alleviated because it feels more stable, at least in my experience, it's gotten better reviews, at least in that regard. Um, it looks a hell of a lot better. Um, I mean, some people just don't like the game, but you know, that's always an option too, but it does, it does seem like they've done some necessary improvements and hopefully they can, you know, continue to work on stuff like that, um, going forward with Elder Scrolls six and whatever the hell we get after that. Um, all right. So that was, <laughs> that started from us bringing up the fact that there was a Starfield wiki. 
I just realized how that conversation just started. So anyways, what else has been uh, up <laughs> from the behind the scenes stuff with UESP? Um, seems like a, a generally pretty successful year overall for you guys. I mean, like you said, there wasn't as much Elder Scrolls stuff um, as some yeah, other years, but... The, uh, the only other big thing I, I can remember, we we, we uh, rewrote our map map code. So um, uh, probably not that exciting, but it added uh, like a better interface and sort of combined the maps in, like, to one, into one code, uh, one code base, a uh, little better interface, better features, stuff like that. That actually took a while. Well, we finished that, uh, I guess, mid-year sort of thing. I was going to say, I think you might have mentioned that to me maybe at the start of the year that that was like a undertaking yeah, I mean, or something. Yeah, I last, uh, last time we were talking. Yeah. Probably at the very start of start of doing it sort of at the time. But yeah, it, it turned out really good, really well and happy happy how it came out. So awesome. Not the most exciting thing, but... Uh, sure, but I, again, a lot of this stuff adds up to the site that everybody gets to use <laughs> for their research and everything like that. So it's like, it's all parts of a whole. Uh, There's, of course, the uh, other Elder Scrolls game that came out. Yes. I uh, Hey, did you happen to get into uh, Castles, Lotus? Uh, so, <laughs> fun little story that we were kind of like talking about before was I was totally clueless to this thing's existence. You were the one, uh, I, 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 I was at work and you just DM'd me the link to it and I was like, that artwork doesn't look real. Is that real? And you're like, no, it's totally a real thing. Like it's, it's definitely real. And because I am, uh, one of those sad, sad iPhone users and don't have something that's actually malleable. Um, I can't get into the early access of it. So I still haven't, I was going to try to do some sketchy stuff to see if I could sneak in via my computer, but it, at that point it had been filled. Um, so when I kind of like, tweeted out this is a real thing after you told me about it i know a bunch of people ended up going to check it out um and a bunch more couldn't get in but yet you've had some time with this i mean it's still early access so i get it there's going to be some limitations but um you're actually the first person on the show that's been able to give anything more than hey i know this game exists (laughs) and i do kind of want to respect bethesda's own uh, since this is early, a- uh, close right. to early access, I do want to kind of stipulate with this and saying, yes, that's basically all we can talk about. It <laughs> exists, but let let's test the waters. I'll say, I they've been really receptive to feedback. Uh, I got in so early that the feedback system actually didn't exist yet. So we had to communicate <laughs> directly with them. Like they, uh, they told me, yeah, just use, uh, this website to fill in feedback. And I said, there's no section for castles. So, and they said, you know what? There, there isn't <laughs> just, just pass it on to me and I'll make sure they know. So that was a fun little, uh, community effort. We all got together the people who did get in to talk about it and like write down, well, this isn't right. There's a bug here and so on forth. And we send that off and hoping all that, uh, helps them make it the best game possible. But 
Beyond that, I will say it's basically Fallout Shelter for Elder Scrolls. It's, if that wasn't obvious. Yeah, it definitely looks that way. Um, <laughs> it definitely looks that way. Which Yeah, that was my, my impression, too. I haven't played that much, but... Yeah, I mean, that's not... That sounds super, like, derogative. That's not a bad thing. I love no, Fallout I Shelter. <laughs> like, I... I Shelter. Yeah, I unabashedly yeah. love Fallout Shelter, so... And I'm not I'm not a mobile gamer, so... Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Fallout yeah. Shelter was a really special game. So many games have ripped it off that I'm surprised that it honestly took them this long to say, well, let's do something similar for our other franchises. Right. Like, oh, what's the other mega franchise we have that could also totally work with this? Maybe we should do that one. Like, yeah, I was kind of surprised by that as well, uh, that it took so long to formulate. Um, so I'm definitely very excited for it to come out of early access. I, I tend to not play but i will test stuff a little bit if i'm super interested a lot of times but early access um isn't super my thing a lot of times it sounds probably kind of i don't know weird but like i like to see the initial impressions of things and unless i am being paid to do qa i don't actually <laughs> like doing qa <laughs> um at least beyond an initial playthrough, probably because I was a QA tester before and I didn't like it. Um, so, but like, I, I like to see how things formulate and this looks at least from screenshots I've seen, um, just loose stuff I've heard. It, it looks kind of neat. I, I'm actually excited to play it and I'm glad to hear they're responding to feedback because that was something with the Elder Scrolls Blades. I was in the early access to that for a little while. And I, I mean, it wasn't just me like, Hey, look at all the crap I did. I mean, I was one of a million voices, but basically every single bullet point that I had sent as like a, Hey, this should probably be addressed ended up being addressed by the, like by a half a year into the game. So like, I really like that it was like, okay, well, clearly it's more people are talking about this, these these issues, and they adjusted a lot of stuff, because when the game first launched, it wasn't even like sort of pay to win with Blades. It was just like, hey, you want to buy this Daedric weapon that does more damage than everything else? And I'm like, what? That's terrible. Like, come on, at least like, at least rein that back in, and they did pretty quick. It was like, okay, that's fine. Like, cool. Um, so I'm glad to hear that while this is in early access, it sounds like they're treating it like early access, yes? Like, it actually is, like, not a faux beta that sometimes they kind of do nowadays. Like, Fortnite was in beta for, what, five years or something like that? It's like, it's not a beta. The game's launched. You just don't want to say it's yeah. launched. Uh, I wouldn't say this is one of those faux betas because they did shut it down. And they have told us, please don't talk about uh, where it is because they don't want the same bad impressions blades got i would imagine from that early access and maybe to a lesser extent legends oh yeah oh yeah that's true that was another and that's and that's i think a good point because you can only make a first impression once and like when the game isn't finished like a lot of people and and it, it becomes this problem of like when when companies or, or teams are trying to do something as like a legitimate beta, like we want feedback, let us know if something doesn't work or whatever. We want to polish this out for full launch. 
that's great. Like that is a good thing because it gives a, a more solid final product. But then when people, I, I mean, it kind of happened with the Elder Scrolls Online even. There were some popular reviews of the game that got like fives or whatever. And it was their beta impressions, but it was for the full launch. It's like, well, yeah, of course. Like the game was plenty buggy at launch. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, you can't rip on bugs before the game was launched and complain about that being in the product if it's already not in the product. Like, that's that was the point of the early access. So, like, it's a double-edged sword leaving it open to people if then they're going to criticize the game. Like, not constructively, but, like, knock the game for, oh, this is really bad. Well, the game's not out yet. That's what we're trying to fix. That gets into murky water sometimes because then that becomes the overarching theme to the game. Oh, it's super buggy. Well, okay. I mean, if the game's out, then yes, I get that. It should be criticized as such. But when something's not out yet and it's actually intended to be tested, well, then, yeah, it's not ready to be reviewed yet. It's in testing. Like, that's that's the thing. If you see most games before they're actually past, like, alpha, they you've amazed any of these things turn on most of the time. They don't even make sense what they look like originally. So yeah, there's absolutely people who still only remember those early impressions of elder scrolls online. And they are, it's not a, that game at all anymore. Yeah. I I mean, even outside of launch, which again, I, I the game had tons of issues at launch. It didn't really hook me at launch. I was kind of like, eh, this is whatever. It's fine. I'll probably play it for story every now and then because I was interested in like the world. I was like, oh, I'll just jump in and play the story. But this isn't this isn't super my thing. And then one Tamriel came out and I was like, OK, this is not even the same game anymore. Like this is objectively like a different video game. And then I got super into it. So it's like, you know, that's at least a launched version that's changed over time because it's one of those live service things. OK, cool. It's even more rough when it's like, no, no, please don't review the game yet. It's not out. <laughs> like, that's that's an extra level of like, oof, that is rough. So I, I totally understand them kind of trying to, like, stagger the rollout, let you guys legitimately try to get some testing in before it's given out to the public. Because, yeah, to your point, like, I thought Legends and Blades were both really fun. They did not get received super well. <laughs> Especially with Legends, it did not deserve that. No. But that's there are so many there were so many issues with the Legends launch, like there the sure weird were. way how this was a card game, which I think the most dominant platform for card games are mobile devices, and it came out on PC first for like three or so months. Yeah, I. Uh... I I literally was goofing around with it on my PC um, in early access of it. And I was like, man, you know what would be a great way to test this? If it was on my phone. <laughs> like I, I was like, how is this not a thing? So you're totally right. Like that was the backwards launch of that was rough. And then the canceled port that they were going to have to to uh, consoles. There was supposed to be a Switch and PlayStation version of it. And I assume Xbox because why would they leave xbox out especially well i mean nowadays they can't leave xbox out but um like the console versions like just never happened probably because the game just didn't it didn't stick the landing people just did not get attached to it um they also had like 
they had that one crossover with Elder Scrolls Online, which I thought they were going to go much harder in. When you got the uh, Dark Brotherhood DLC expansion to Legends, it gave you a like a wolf, like some type of demon wolf thing in ESO. And I'm like, oh, they're going to do like a crossover thing. Nope, the only time they ever did that. I don't think they ever touched that idea again. I completely forgot that fall of the Dark Brotherhood and <laughs> the Dark Brotherhood Guild came out at the same time. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's... Wow. Yeah, I, uh, I, mean, I gave so away many... my wolf on this show before I was a host because I didn't have a PC version of ESO and it didn't work on console. <laughs> I mean, I am so interested in the story of the Elder Scrolls Legends. It is honestly an interesting moment in the series that I don't think we'll ever get the full picture on because there was definitely something going on behind the scenes we didn't get to see because, like, you had the uh, first developer, uh, one, creating their own card game at the exact same time. Oh, yeah, Direwolf Digital there. Yep. And two, of course, they were dropped halfway through after <laughs> uh, one expansion, I think. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I think they did, uh, off the top of my I think they did the Dark Brotherhood expansion, and I think they were dropped after that. Um, but yeah, like, that's just it. It was like, it's such a, a, a strange story that happened with that game. And story-wise, most people don't understand. Like, the game is still around. So even though it's not in active production, um, do yourself a favor if you're listening to this. Um, you can totally use the UESP to cheese your way through the fights in the campaign if you want. Uh, there's, like, guides to all of that stuff. If you don't like card games or you're bad at card games, do yourself a favor, storyline-wise. The story in <laughs> Legends is actually really good. <laughs> And so is the Shivering Isles expansion. And so they're, they're legitimately interesting stories in that game that are locked to this card game that like such a small portion of the population played. That's absolutely true. And it's frustrating because whenever I post about like, oh, this was a neat thing in uh, Legends or so, people go like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Mm hmm. I know it's ugh, such a that is like one of the biggest tragedies of the series is is legends for sure. Uh, ironically enough, for anybody on the live stream, I posted those little Hermaeus Mora uh, eyeball gif uh, or emotes in chat. Those uh, those are actually designed by one of the original uh, legends artists who did card art. Um, I just happened to find out about that uh, when I, I I contracted him for my first emote. And he couldn't tell me why he was very excited that I asked for Hermaeus Mora one. And then after Legends launched, he was like, so anyways, this is my card and this is my card. And I did this one and I did this part of the UI. I was like, wait, really? He's like, yeah, that's why I was so excited to make an Elder Scrolls emote. <laughs> He's like, I've been working on this stuff without being able to tell you about it for like months. I was like, oh, that's so cool. So I always, uh, part of my Twitch channel is perpetually locked into Legends. <laughs> yeah it's just oh, peace, it's a buddy. Shame. i know it's such a shame because that is such a great game and again i can't recommend it's free you you can it's free and the monetization is also very not aggressive in that game whatsoever um you can pretty much earn everything with not that much effort um and like i said if you if cards aren't your thing which i totally get cards aren't super my thing either um 
just look up the strategies to the fight on the USB. It's if you get stuck, I did it with a couple of the, the puzzles for one of the expansions. I was like, this is way too big brain for me and cards. And I just looked up the, the method of beating. I was like, Oh, perfect. That's so great. I can now just get the story. <laughs> so, um, all right. Why don't, well, you know what? Yeah. Why don't, why don't we, why don't we take a quick little break, uh, <clears throat> here, um, since we're at like an hour, so that it's like a good little cut point here real quick. Take a quick break. Um, before we do, um, we are going to, we've actually got uh, new Patreon list shout outs for everybody. Arc updated that for me as I, I had mentioned that last time I couldn't find the link. So he did that for me. And also um, we have a couple new written word reviews, which I will read out as well. Um, so anyways, as for the uh New Patreon subs to the UESP. We have Thomas Bibley. Oh, I'm sorry, Bisbee. I'm going to ruin all your names. I apologize in advance. People find it funny. I'm actually trying to say your names. It's 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 just tragic. Um, Paula Berry, Thomas Connolly, Brand Flakes, Sky Butler, and Nuri. So uh, thank you so much for uh, subscribing to the USP Patreon. I'm sure Dave and AKB super appreciate it as well. Um, as for our two iTunes review, so we got a bunch more like five-star reviews and stuff like that, um, specifically on Spotify. I don't know if it relates to the year-end review thing where they just push it through the feed or whatever, but any of you who take the time to rate us five stars and stuff, super appreciated. Um, it, it, it's outside just very nice of you to take your time to do that. Um, it does help with the algorithms and stuff, but thank you just in general, uh, for taking the time to do that. As for the written reviews, um, we have one from Drew T. Um, excellent podcast. Great podcast. I always enjoy the TES and slash O related topics. Feels like I'm hanging out with other friends who also enjoy the series as much as me. Thanks at Lotus and company. You're very welcome. I'm really glad you enjoy the show. That's, um, awesome to hear. Um, <laughs> Also, this is kind of funny because I did read this in advance. So I'm going to call, I, I'm going to use your actual thing, Simon, um, from Sweden. Thank you so much for the review. I'm not going to say your name because even though everybody jokes that I swear a lot, I'm not going to swear this hard on the podcast because I totally know how you say your actual name. Um, so anyways, it's, uh, it's a review that just says best ESO podcast out there. Also, your name is very funny. I just don't want to say that on the actual show, but, uh, thank you again. Super appreciate it. And, um, yeah, we will just take a quick break and we will be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back. Um, so we're going to, the, the rest of this, um, we've got a couple, we, we can kind of jump in and out of tales a little bit, but mainly um, I want to address the very important thing that we haven't unfortunately been able to push as loudly on the show because unfortunately we haven't had as many shows since announcing it. So we've got a couple, but wanted to do one last reminder for everybody, um, especially because... Dave and AKB both have, um, even prior to joining with you guys officially, uh, did a lot to kind of like help promote stuff just with this. Um, but our big extra life marathon gaming session thing is coming up. It is going to be December 2nd. Um, things are kicking off this weekend, um, with me at 6 a.m. Eastern. Well, I'll, I'll be the first shift, um, like previous years, for the sake of keeping it going as long as possible, um, as well as keeping us from literally blacking out uh, completely, at least it's kind of the marathon relay thing that we did before. And it's a little longer than even the previous years. So I, my shift for this year's extra life is going to be, uh, from 6am Eastern standard time or daylight savings time, whatever thing we're in at this point because the united states um and i will be going until 2 a.m the following day so my shift is 20 hours uh, and <laughs> the idea to my shift is we're definitely uh going to be doing a lot of eso stuff uh, it's fun to just kind of do that you can group with friends for that um we've got a couple torture incentives in mind because people really enjoyed ruining my ESO character last year, um, which was fine for a good cause, but I had to fight for the Eldmary Dominion and I had to destroy my glass armor and a whole bunch of other stuff that really made me sad for like the two months that I had to stay like that. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, we got Avron back later when we made her go to Ebonheart Pact, so it, it all balanced out in the end. Um, but after my shift ends at uh, 2 a.m. Eastern, Arcaneer will be picking up from there. And um, he's going to be doing, as far as I know, he's got some Elder Scrolls Online planned. Uh, I think he's actually, one of his incentives that we have, I believe it might be for $500. Um, he will need to play through the first level of Battlespire on stream, um, which... I know he'll absolutely love. He's He definitely learned what a great game that was from my Let's Play, so I'm sure he's very eager to hit that. Um, but he is also potentially going to make another game on stream this year, which he did last year, which was literally one of the most mind-boggling things I've seen a person do in six hours, was make a functional platformer in six hours. Um, so... 
we'll see how that goes because again if we totally break him with battle spire maybe his brain will be mush um but then after arc's shift um robots radio or tom um my co-host from the elder scrolls Lorecast, is going to take over from him and basically stream out the rest of sunday until he has to go so this is an entire weekend thing we are going from s- saturday morning until sunday night or whatever the case is um so it is a weekend long thing um we've got lots of little incentives bethesda gear gift cards uh everything will be given away like we've done previous years in milestones so we appreciate people hanging out helping keep us awake uh for these things um and entertained because it makes it a lot more fun when we can just shoot the shit with all of you um so even if you can't donate you might not realize how much it helps having you in the stream with us because it pushes us up the directory um which then puts more eyes potentially on the stream where somebody might stop in and then be like, Oh, Hey, I'll totally donate. This is a great cause or something like that. So even you hanging out, lurking with us, just keeping us awake is much more helpful than many of you might even realize it's, it's really great. So when we hit our milestone markers, that's when we're going to do our giveaways and they will be in streams and stuff like that. So you just need to basically be there with us. And as we hit our goals, you'll have a chance to win stuff. Um, like I had alluded to, um, Gina, everybody knows Gina from uh, Zenimax. She is providing me some codes for all sorts of stuff, uh, game codes and stuff like that for ESO Necrom, I believe it is, um, as well as some like torch bugs and stuff like that. I think maybe some crown packs. I'll, I'll get all the details. She's sending them over to me literally like now. Um, <laughs> those will be given out through stream. Um, I have a Bethesda $100 gift card that i will be giving away to the gear store which um i just thanks to all of you who i have that ambassador brand the name's terrible i'm an affiliate with bethesda gear that's the non-stupid way of saying it um i like to give out codes because i love the stuff there but it's not cheap nobody will tell you it's inexpensive but i really you know i i like it most of the time and um so I always tell people when you need a code, hit me up. Hopefully it'll work for you. Um, so many of you have used my link and discount codes for everything. I'm actually like the highest tier you can possibly be in the program now. So I cashed out $100 in gift card money that they just have sitting in an account. Um, and that's going to be one of the giveaways. So you can just use that on anything in the shop. It should work on anything. Uh, we'll get the details to whoever the winner is, but we'll be giving away that. Um, and then shooting this over to you, Dave, you are once again providing some pretty awesome incentives. They were an enormous hit last year, to say the least. Um, but yeah, you're you're helping out once again on behalf of the UESP. You want to like uh, give us yeah. a little run through? Sure. So uh, I... Uh, as uh, like last year, we're uh, donating some of our Patreon rewards. Um, so, I, I, uh, basically, all of our all of our rewards, we're, we're giving you one of each. And I don't I don't know how, I don't know how you're splitting it up. I think I've actually got them in the order you gave them to me. I thought those were pretty good checkpoints. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. So we have, uh, as usual, we have the uh, four poster prints and calendar, uh, and then. Uh, 
I'm trying to remember. There's there's a notepad. And I think this is similar to this one. From uh, this is one we did uh, a couple years ago, except it's a uh, lined lined one. Yeah, I've uh, totally yeah. still have mine. <laughs> I yeah. keep notes on it all the but time. Useful, useful to have. Uh, if I had known, I would have got stuff. But I apologize. Uh, we have we made a uh, simple brass ornament this year. So uh, Skyrim Skyrim based Skyrim Love based uh, thing for the U, uh, USB Patreon. Which is cool uh, for your Christmas tree this year. And uh, our magnets last year were popular, so we're doing a, a, a different one. We're doing square magnets of dragon shouts this year. So that we have 12 uh, dragon shout magnets. Um, really cool. I think the artwork really turned out good. Yeah, they, they, they look really good. If you actually are not watching the video version of this, you're listening to the audio version, which I know most of you do, go to... Um, Patreon slash UESP, the, the shout out we always give at the end of the show where you should go. You can go check it out on the Patreon. Um, and, yep. and there's photos of all of this stuff. If our description yeah, the, is uh, the post there should show you all the rewards for this year. So. Yeah. And then we have a USB hat. Uh, which, uh, simple, but nice. And then, uh, if you behind me, we have a uh, fleece blanket this year. So this is a little different design, but it's basically the same. Uh, we took the uh, AKB. You'll have to correct me. The S, which where is that from? It's one, one of the temples in Skyrim, right? It's, well, it's not actually based off of those. There's a uh, not stained glass in. You're right that that was the inspiration, but we had a commission for artwork last year of the Temple of Divines in Skyrim, and the artist Bishi. Uh, went so much further beyond than any person absolutely should have in designing it. He uh, designed custom stained glasses for all of the divines with a Nordic twist. So it's working in elements from their faith to give a more syncretic design to all of them. And we took those stained glasses for the uh, blanket. The blanket looks awesome, by the way. Yeah. Um, yes, it either, absolutely is. Yeah. Either just as yeah, I have it hanging up, but if you want to put it on your couch or wrap yourself in it in bed, um, yeah. Really cool. And then um, I guess I, I almost don't even know how to describe kind of like our, I guess, finale prize. Hmm. Oh, he actually might have it handy. Oh, there we go. Perfect. He does. Yeah, so uh, this year for our, our highest tiers on Patreon, we try to do something uh, a little custom for people so they can, like, pick and choose. So this year we found a very uh, nice model maker who does, uh, like, Skyrim. Um, uh wanted to say Skyrim. Elder Scrolls and other models. Um, and, uh, yeah, so uh, we'll give away basically one, one model of your choice. I think he has, there's, there's about 20 different models. I think there's like 20 listed on the site. Yeah. And uh, there's some really nice ones. This is the uh, skeleton That's key. That's the skeleton key. I have. And, uh, you know, the pictures, it, the, the models are better than the pictures. And the pictures look great. I was going to say, it, they look incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> there are some photos under the link on my Twitter, but we'll, we'll show some more stuff for everybody. Um, we'll also be able to show them on stream um that you can pick through there's the golden dragon claw um 
they're I really, really, the, really uh, cool statues. Yeah, at least a couple more. We we did uh, chose a couple custom ones like the uh, Azura Star. We had there's a black version and, and a blue version. Uh, there's a Welkin Stone and a Dweamer puzzle box uh, that are really cool as well that he added this year for us. So um, yeah, basically the as the grand prize you basically get choose choose one of the models and we'll get it made made and sent to you. Yes, and um, much like previous years, one of these things that we we try to do because so many of you are not in the United States that help us. Um, as always, with any of my stuff, we'll find a way to get it to you. Um, <laughs> it 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 might take a little while sometimes. It did last year, but I think everybody's thing made it to its home eventually. Sometimes it just. Sometimes shipping to other countries can get tricky, but, you know, for all the help that so many of you give to us, um, it's totally, you know, to- totally worth it. And it's uh, it, it really it's nice to actually be able to give you something back that uh, you do so much for us with all of this. So, yeah, these are another round of really, really cool giveaways that uh, we've got going for us this year. Yeah, we had fun uh, fun coming up with ideas and really excited to, to give them away. I always loved, I don't know, yeah, I was going to say, I feel in terms of Patreon stuff, USB has some really creative stuff every year. I I, I think I still have my statue. Yeah, my, uh, he's just out of range. My, my, my version of me is right behind me yes. on the shelf. And mine, uh, I, I, I saved a couple, couple of the best ones. Oh, I can and see them up top. It got it got a uh yeah people yeah yeah it turned out great yeah it was complicated but that's what you had mentioned you said it was quite the quite the project um but uh you just just grab your model and print 3d print it out yeah easy peasy (laughs) (laughs) little did you know yes um yeah but yeah, so that's going to be pretty much all weekend long, starting December 2nd. So whether you can hang out with us or just leave us a tab open or donate or know somebody who wants to support this amazing cause, um, all of the funds go to the Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. Um, it is a great, great organization. This is uh, my 11th year supporting the charity. Um, and actually, we crossed over like $300 already and we haven't even started yet um just from from giving tuesday and a couple other people donating in um cough cough apkb um (laughs) and um yeah so we've already had stuff and we haven't even really started yet um but they sent me a thing which again i always joke that i will do dumb stuff so that um great causes get support all day that's fine um but mainly i this is this is everybody who follows my stuff and helps the things that i do be successful so it means a lot to me and even though they sent me the thing um i i thought it was just i kind of appreciate all of you um as of some point during that 300 whatever we've raised before even starting this weekend um the total tally for it is uh for me in 11 years uh we actually crossed twenty thousand dollars raised overall um since i started this which is absolutely mind-boggling to think about from some dude who saw a flyer in a window at a local game shop and was like oh this sounds kind of fun i bet i can stay awake for 24 hours and i don't know what streaming is yet 
And now so many of you do so much to help it. Um, it means a lot. So I really, really appreciate all of you. Um, however you actually help it. It's just, it's really great. So thank you very much, everybody. Um, and I'm looking forward to this weekend. It should be a lot of fun. It's, I always say that it's really, really all fun in games until you hit about 16 hours and then suddenly you're very aware you're doing it for a cause instead of having fun anymore. Gonna ruin your armor again? I don't, I, oh my God. People rightfully, and, and I, it's one of those things. I When you have a live service game, it is fun. Um, I was rightfully heckled to shit last year when I went into PvP. Um, because I first went in and I actually forgot I was on the wrong alliance and I was like, where the hell am I? And I forgot I had to join the AD. So I was like, oh, right. I'm at a different gate. And funny enough, a couple people recognized my gamer tag and they promptly pegged me with mud balls and they just in zone chat, all you saw was traitor. And I was like, oh, cool. People are already starting. Great. <laughs> I can't really play Cyrodiil because I'm on the wrong alliance. And any time I died, it was very apparent if anybody was used to running with me because they spent the next seven minutes like teabagging me because I was playing for the wrong alliance. So I was like, man, I can't even be mad about this because I deserve all of this. But like, it was rough. I got uh, I got pretty wrecked for a while and uh, did not make a lot of AP during that period of time. <laughs> um, so... One thing I wanted to just jump into, as opposed to like a full-fledged Tales section, um, because it's starting to get kind of late for us, um, I've been kind of working on like the main story to just finish it off. We'll be having our, it, it'll probably be maybe, uh, maybe in a couple weeks we might be doing our year recap of the story for everybody, which will be gloves off all spoilers we will let you know in advance we will never try to spoil anything for anybody in advance um but we will be planning our spoiler episode soon with uh benefactor and hopefully we can get a hold of avron too because that's been like a tradition for the past like three years now that we have our giant round table end of year discussion but um have either of you gotten to mess with the new update 40 endless archive thing in elder scrolls online at all um because it seems like everybody is impressed with how well it works, but whether people, it, whether it's for them or not, seems a little polarizing. Even the people who don't seem to like it or it's not really for them, they don't seem mean about it, which is nice for a change with the internet. But like, it doesn't seem like necessarily content that's for everybody. Have either of you messed with it? Is it your type of content or is this not for you? I, I haven't had a chance yet. I don't play much ESO at the moment. Yep. I want to. I'd love to. Um, if I can get a couple hours here, here or there. To, but it sounds interesting. Even so, though I, I mean, I, you know, thinking back, I, is it, it's, you know, Maelstrom Arena. Yeah. I, 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 I love doing that, except I hated doing that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah you're you're speaking to my entire gameplay cycle <laughs> on my prog teams, where it's just like this is super fun. You guys seem really mad. It's like yeah, yeah, but it's fun. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's I'm kind of actually glad you you mentioned that um, because it's not a short event. Like I love Endless Archive, but I have been very short on time myself. Um, 
Endless Archive is fun, but holy crap, does it take a long time. Like, I guess if you die immediately, it's pretty quick. But like, out of the five full runs I've had time for, we had to call two of them, not because we died, but because someone had to go to work. We were just like, no, nah, we can't do this. We got we got to we got to stop. And there's no checkpoint, which is a little rough um, because it gets difficult for sure. But when you're kind of casually having fun with the beginning waves, it kind of stinks if you guys have to just bail. And then it's like, oh, well, we that's the end because there's no way to pick it back up. How about you, AKB? Have you gotten to mess with it at all? I have gone to the entrance. <laughs> uh, sim- similar to Dave, I haven't spent that much time specifically in Endless Archive. I did go through all of Necron, which, uh, as you said, you don't want to talk about yet. Sure. And I've personally have avoided talking about because it's such a big spoiler what happens. That's what I've uh, heard, is that it's almost impossible to talk about the story because it's so, like... Yeah, no, everything's a spoiler. You just exactly. can't talk about it. <laughs> like, I, it's honestly probably, I think, did some harm to how many people played Nepcrom this year, because I don't think this has been as talked about as some of the past expansions. Yeah, it's, because, it's too impactful. <laughs> yeah, because you go like, well, people don't appreciate spoilers, but I will, how do I put this? This is the biggest lore reveal of anything in probably all of ESO. That's amazing because I'm not quite there. Like I'm like, I don't know, just based on the achievement amount, I think I'm three quarters of the way there. And I'm like, it's one of those things where I was like, Oh man, I really want to play endless archive. I really want to play the second. Anybody isn't online on my friends list. Like I don't have anybody that I competitively like run stuff with. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to do story. And I just like go offline or I'm like, oh, busy. So it's just like people can't message me. I was like, no, no, I got to do this story. Like, I really, really want to do this story. So <clears throat> um, <clears throat> on that note, the only other thing that I uh, kind of related to the joke Dave made about Maelstrom being like, a, hey, it's fun, but also it's like brutal. Um, we've been having a lot of success uh we're not quite there yet but obviously prog teams take time um one thing that we've been working on is we are working on our dawnbringer after we got tiktok tormentor um nobody i don't think in the crew has it at the moment so it'll be 12 new dawnbringers if i'm not mistaken um so it'll be a full new team and dawnbringer for anybody who doesn't know uh, i know people do ask this a lot it's the trifecta for uh kinds agus which means it's the hard mode it is the speed run and it is the no death for the trial kinds agus which was the one uh that came out with graymore the reason i want to bring it up mid thing not like hey we did it or hey we gave up because it was too hard and it just didn't work or roster problems or whatever um we've actually been making good progress um it's a lot of fun mainly because we had done Vhoff for a while and Vmall before that. And it's like toward the end, you're definitely ready to move on. This has been a new one. I I actually I believe eight of us went into this team and nobody had even done all the hard modes yet. So this is like a really new team. And we've made a lot of progress. We're doing really well. We're under time already. And now it's just kind of cleaning up our deaths, which is which is good. We only run once a week, so it's not like hyper sweaty or anything like that. But 
exacerbated slightly by this event and all events. Trials can get a little funky sometimes when events are happening, just, I assume, from the extra server load. Um, Kynes Aegis has always kind of notoriously been a little funky with bugs. Um, we have had some very interesting experiences in there um, with things not working right. One of them I posted is a YouTube short um in which Fallgraven breaks to the final floor, um, and he's just this enormous vampire, and for um, the hard mode, he has a quarter of a billion hit points, so it takes a really long time to whittle him down. And um, he writes, he gets to the final floor, and he stands there, and he kind of, like, puffs up because he, you know, gets big for some reason, and he... It looks like he sort of enrages, and I'm like, he's not moving. Like, normally he runs to me. I'm I'm tanking it. So normally he would come up to you, and he begins his animations of attacking you, and I've got to figure out how to dodge him and direct him and all that stuff. And he's just standing there. So everybody is just teeing off on him while he's standing there. And at first I'm thinking, man, this is great. Like, if this, this happens, then there's way less mechanics to joke. No, he punches the ground and blows everybody up. He immediately wipes the entire team. <laughs> he just... Don't have any idea why. Um, <laughs> we shared the video around. Um, several people said that out of all the times they've ever run it, um, I couldn't find a single person that ever said that they saw that happen. Everybody was very confused. People with multiple Dawnbringers, all sorts of stuff. Everybody was like, I have no idea. He just got pissed at you and decided you guys don't win. So you're all dead. Um, and for whatever reason... Um, he has this little like pool of blood that forms every time he does a heavy attack on you. And um, I'm not sure. And this is kind of a shout out to, uh, again, I play on PS5, so it might be console specific. If anybody knows how to make the blood pools show up with any degree of consistency, I am all ears. Um, it's not the end of the world. You can work around it and I can just move them around the room. It's just not the, way i specifically want to find them some of the people on the team can see them they're just these little red pools of blood and that's just don't walk in that it's bad for you i can't see them like i ever i i don't it's like they're not in my game um so if you ever i like to include comms because people asked for it like they like hearing us chat in things we say stupid stuff and people find it funny sometimes and stuff like that and our call outs are weird and um it's literally like walking somebody through in the dark, listening to the team tell me where to go. Because I'm like, am I in it? Am I, I, I don't know. What? And they're like, no, move to your left. A little more to your left. Okay, there's stairs behind you. Now, like, all right, now walk to your right a little bit. And that is how the entire bottom floor of that fight has to go. Um, which makes it much harder than need be. Not the end of the world. It's totally manageable. But um, I wanted to throw that out on the show specifically in case anybody has encountered that and has a workaround, I am all ears. So please shoot me a message, shoot the show a message. Doesn't matter. Find some way to tell me because I am very interested um, on on any solution to that. But um, what do you call it? That's, that's pretty much been it for me. Um, I asked this of you the first time you were on, Dave, but since AKB, this is the first time that you've joined since, uh, you know, the new show has kind of taken hold. I got to ask you, what is your favorite Elder Scrolls game in the series? 
Favorite Elder Scrolls game? Yeah. Uh, what would be your your favorite? The answer was Daggerfall until a few years ago. Okay. Oh, okay. What changed? What What did it change to? It, it just got old. Like okay, I, I went back to it, and it, the magic was gone. Interesting. Because I'm going through it now. It's the slowest collection of I, let's plays ever i've been seeing you go through <laughs> yeah it and <laughs> it's torturous <laughs> yeah i've heard that a lot too <laughs> that like it's very esoteric trying to figure out what you were meant to do a lot of the time yeah and especially how to proceed well uh, yeah that's definitely i mean Obviously, I could make my life easier by looking it up, but I figure half the charm is like, one, nobody likes to watch me succeed because I don't know. That's just how it goes. But trying to play through these games like they were originally launched is like sort of amusing to me. And yeah, as much as I'm enjoying Daggerfall, holy crap, that that game is obtuse at times. But uh, to actually answer your question, I guess right now it's Skyrim. Okay. And I I know some people would criticize that just as, oh, uh, Skyrim's just the most recent game, but it does have some magic that none of the other games in the series had, and I do appreciate them all. Like, uh, I I like go back to like Morrowind, and I love so much about it, all the hand built stuff, but there's also all the copy-pasted NPCs. And sure. for me, uh, the fog of the world, <laughs> I cannot stand that. Yeah, uh, Nothing I hate more than a forced uh, thing like that. N- not being built to, wist- to be able to be improved upon naturally in when hardware catches up. Same thing with uh, Oblivion. I love that game. Can't do anything with uh, land far away. Absolutely does not work. Uh, if you do, th- if the game runs at all, it will run in slow motion. Like, it won't, <laughs> doesn't even lag. Yeah. It runs in slow motion. Yep. It, yeah. So they all have those little quirks, but sure. Skyrim, for what it is, has had its quirks worked out either by the community or the updates to it. And it's just where I would say my favorite part of the franchise is right now. That's fair. That's 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 see now that's interesting. I, I kind of like that because so often um, the big thing is like a lot of people and I'm, I'm not in that camp, which I do find it odd. And I always like when other people can, with the whole like oh the series used to be better and it keeps getting dumbed down and i always say there's a difference between dumbing something down and streamlining it and sometimes just because something's less complicated doesn't mean it's dumbed down sometimes it just meant it was too complicated before (laughs) now not always but like i would like the ability to like do spell crafting better again but like just because something used to not have waypoint markers or you know that one of the systems that i was fine with letting go was like the strength agility willpower whatever 
that was fine. Like, I, I did not feel that added anything to the thing. All it made me do was micromanage which skills I was allowed to upgrade my secondary skills in to maximize the amount of bonuses I would get to my governing attributes. And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine with those not being there, but I also can't not do that. Like, it's just a thing. So I'm like, you know. I, 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 I'm the exact same way. Yeah. If there is a way to be more efficient about this, then I will be very annoyed at how I'm playing if I'm not playing that way. Right. And and it's like, oftentimes it's like, I was so completely overpowered by level like 23 in Morrowind. And I'm like, no, I need to, I need five in this governing attribute and five in this governing attribute and five in this governing attribute before I, well, five, five, and you only get the one in lock. So it was always like, no, no, I have to pick my two and I can't diversify. Like I've got to get them. And it was just, it's that level of like, Okay, I'm I'm micromanaging to the when that wasn't in Skyrim, I didn't miss it for a second. <laughs> I was just like, great skills, cool, be uh, got it, nice and simple. So, no, I I I actually can very much agree with you. I think Skyrim is um, fantastic and actually did a lot of things that I feel are actually very advantageous to the series in many ways. So it's nice to hear somebody who was like a. a a previous fan of one of the old games also acknowledging, because you get that weird dichotomy where sometimes people are just like, oh, the new ones are worse than the old ones. It's like, are they? Or are they just different? <laughs> yeah. And even with that, uh, for the whole, what's my favorite thing, that answer changes all the time. Well, like, it's not yeah. like I hate any of them. Sure. It's just, you know, oh, well, I'm enjoying this one more at the moment. Well, yeah, and and I still joke, Dave. Your answer literally blew my mind um, when when you originally said Redguard. That that literally blew my. And I get it from like a story perspective, but when I finish Daggerfall, uh, people have already told me that that's what I have to play next is Redguard as a full playthrough, um, which I did play Redguard before I started podcasting. Um, and when you said Redguard, it was like, oh my god. Because although I thought the story and I thought the main character, his voice actor is so good. I love that dude's voice. That is one of the worst video games I've ever played in my life. <laughs> the combat, I I thought I was going to throw the mouse through the screen <laughs> trying to do a jumping puzzle in that game. So needing to do that on stream and not just like, haha, you know, it's difficult. So like, uh, it's... It's jokey frustrating and not just literally just scream at my monitor. It will be an interesting task. So it again, it's proof that like there's so much variety in the different ones because like so many of these games like bring something special and unique that can kind of click with somebody. Mm -hmm. I'll need to figure out how I did the 60 FPS patch for uh, Redguard again so I can send that to you and you can play this game at completely the wrong speed because oh, it's made for like 13 frames per yeah second. i was gonna say it, it was it was as a hard very slow frames i was gonna say 13 even seems sort of generous if i remember correctly the combat was rough um but again it's one of those things that was really one of the games that kind of emphasized story in a lot of ways like they put a lot into like crafting a lot of the world that we now know as the world. So like um, it was super influential. And then you have like Battlespire, which is just weird AF the whole time. But it's like you get all this stuff that I was so blown away that they dug into that for um, 
not even just the Deadlands expansion in ESO. There's a lot of Battlespire references in ESO. And I'm like, people are not going to get these. Like, <laughs> unless you really dig into this stuff, which I just absolutely, it's one of my favorite things about Elder Scrolls Online is that they do these pulls to more than just the mainline games. I mean, especially with ESO, you have hard cuts to small towns that were only mm. referenced in e- arena yes. that they brought back lore for. Yep. It's ESO. Like I know a lot of people criticize it's writing. They absolutely love the franchise. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So many little things. It's kind of impossible to talk about how many things they throw back to. Yep. Agreed. Um, all right. Well, I guess before it gets too long in the tooth here, um, why don't we just do a quick little sign off? Um, Dave, if anybody's looking to get a hold of you, where would they where would where should they find you? Oh, uh, well, you can find me on the wiki, you know, uh, on the as Dave H. I probably have email there or you can find me at Discord, uh, USB Discord. Just ping me uh Dave USP, I think. I think that's what Dave it is. I think that's USP. what you are in our chat right now. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, and AKB, is there any place that you would like people to find you, or just kind of floating on the uh, on the on the wiki as well? You can always get in contact with me if you need to by writing a little message, uh, attaching it to the foot of a pigeon. It will find its way to me, I promise you, and I will get back to you as soon as it does. Do you re- do you respond via pigeon as well, or do you use a different bird of no, flight? No, that, that would be absurd. Why do you even suggest that? <laughs> but you can, of course, find me on the UESP wiki, the Starfield wiki, our discords. Uh, if you message any of our the UESB official social media accounts, you will probably be read by and responded by me. And that's how you can get in contact with me. Or the birds. Or, or the one. birds. Personally, I suggest that <clears throat> that's my... I, I mean, to be fair, I guess now, now that... I, I, I didn't elaborate that, that, you know, when you told me about castles, it was via Raven. So, I mean, I guess that does kind of lend credence to this strategy pro bird um as for me well actually normally i don't shout myself up because i don't really care that much um lotus of doom everywhere but however uh this upcoming show or weekend go to my twitch it's lotus of doom i will be there all weekend and handing the baton off as time makes itself I don't know, appropriate to when we we jump ship as we become delirious over the weekend. Um, But I will be there pretty much all of Saturday. And then if you still go to my page, it'll automatically transfer you to Ark um, or to Tom. But yeah, I am Lotus of Doom over there. Very easy to find. You can find me on Twitter as well, uh, which I'll try to keep a link to. Or if you go to um, Extra Life, you can type in Lotus of Doom it will bring you to my page as well, which will have my live stream going. That is really um, my big focus for this upcoming weekend to do as much good as we can. Um, And, you know, hope to see all of you there, hoping for big things and come maybe win yourself something over the weekend. 
As for the show itself, um, you can follow everything we do over at TalesOfTamrielPodcast.com. There you can find links to all of our social media and content. Be sure to check out our Patreon at Patreon.com slash the UESP. If you want to help support the show and earn awesome Elder Scrolls themes rewards, like the ones we had just talked about a little while ago, you can consider leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or on Spotify. So that way you uh, that, uh, that way people will know that we are a real podcast, that we say real words, and sometimes they matter. Thank you, everybody, for joining us on this episode of Tales of Tamriel, and we will see you all next time. Bye, everybody. See you later. When Akatosh slew Lorcan, he ripped his heart right out. He hurled it across Tamriel, and the heart was heard to shout. Red diamond, red diamond, the heart and soul of men. Red diamond, red diamond, protect us till the The laughing heart sprayed blood afar, a gout on Sirid fell, and like a dart shot to its mark down in an alien well. Magic effused the lork in blood to crystal red and strong, then wild elves cut and polished it down to chimel at a ball. Red diamond, red diamond, the heart and soul of men. Red diamond, red diamond, protect us till the end. When elves lost Nern to men, Akatosh gave the stone to Saint Alesh in token of her right to sit the throne. Red diamond, red diamond, the heart and soul of men. Red diamond, red diamond, protect us till the end. Red diamond, red diamond, protect us till the end.